Health. This week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson, and we're here talking all things Salford. Red Devils join the show this week after a few weeks off, keeping Britain warm. We've got Paul, Red Nose Reindeer Whiteside. How's your Christmas festive period going? Paul? Not really yet, mate. I don't finish work till Friday. I'm doing all right, yeah, doing okay. Got a few days off then, got Christmas Day off, Boxing Day, 27th, back in on the 28th, so it's all good. Yeah, doing okay. I've missed you too, so it'd be good to speak to you both again. Yeah. We miss you last last week, but we're glad that you you've took half an hour off keeping Britain warm to to come and talk all sorts of the devils with us. Yeah, I need to keep yourself warm, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, looking forward to it, lads. Looking forward to it. Also joining us, it's not Santa, it's Paul Parkin. How how's your Christmas festive period going, Parkit? How are all the presents bought? Nearly there. I better take this off, and no one's going to hear me. Nearly there. A couple of bits to get, but we're not far off now. I'm getting into the mood. Bit of a strange one this year, no alcohol, but I had the music on today. I've got myself a bit hyped up, as you can probably tell. I'm looking forward to Christmas. I love Christmas. I think it's great. So I just thought I'll get myself a part-time job. Yeah. Flying <laughs> the kids sat it up when you came on. Now you've discarded the beard. They've all gone now, they know. It's good. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, the actual real beard looks a bit like this yeah. last week. So yeah, it needed a trim. Yeah. So there's a loads big news coming out out of the club about the stadium situation. Before that, we're going to play a game. We're going to play play your squad right. So got two lists. I've got five on each list. So who wants to go first? You, Parky or Paul? Let you decide between you. Don't mind. Parky. I'll let, I'll let Paul go first because I've played the last couple of weeks. Okay. Okay. Then. Well, Paul Whiteside will go first. <laughs> play your squad right. You know the rules. Paul? Yeah, I've done it. I think I did it a few weeks ago, didn't I? You did. You did. Parker didn't do quite well on the last podcast. We're hoping for, for better this time, Parker. You've been training hard. Uh, yeah, I'd love to say, yeah, but it'd be, it'd be like lying about doing my homework. Uh, <laughs> no, I haven't. It's all right. It's all up here somewhere. I'll dig right. it out. Okay, so there's your challenge on this festive uh, podcast. Paul to beat Parker. So we're going to start with yourself. We're going to start with Chris Brining. 2017, his number was number 20. So right. the second number is, is Craig Stapleton, 2009. So was his number higher or lower than Chris Brandon? Um, I, th- I thought Craig Stapleton was like the top prop, so I, I would have thought he was like 8 or 10 or something like that. So I'm going to go lower. Correct. 10 was his number. Was he, uh, I thought he was. He was a good player then. He was. Mm. Very good player. So the next player on play your squad right is 2007 Gareth Haggerty. So was his number higher or lower than 10? Oh, I thought Haggerty was about 17, something like that. 19 or... I'm going to go higher than 10. He's right. That's two for Paul. The next one What number was he, Haggerty? 17. Hey, that was a good guess, wasn't it? Yeah, correct. (laughs) So... The next number is Sean Gleeson, 2011. Was his number higher or lower than 17? Don't forget, you do have a switcheroo. Gleeson, 2011 Gleeson. Sean Gleeson. I thought he was in his, in the 20s and then he stayed and I think his number dropped there and he got like a three or a four. I'm going to go higher. Higher than 17? Yeah. Sean Gleeson's number 2011 was 20. 
Yeah, right, was, yeah. Did, then the season after it dropped, then, was he like number three then or something the season? Mm. He was a good player, wasn't he? Mm. He was. He was a good player, I thought, for us. So the final number is I've got Adam Warren, 2016. So was his number higher or lower than 20? Adam Warren. Um, 2006. I've got to go higher. Is that your final answer? Uh, judging by your face, there, I better change my mind. <laughs> no, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay, I'm gonna stay higher. higher. I, I don't have no idea to be honest. But okay. So Adam Warren's number in 2016 was 15. Oh no, was it? So, I didn't really. Mm. Well, I didn't have a clue. So three for Paul Parker. How's your nerves? Yeah, not too bad. I knew most of them. The only the last one that would trip me up there. Uh, the only thing is, I can't see you, Rob. I've got no vision of you at the moment, so... Just keep talking. I can see you. If there's no hints coming from your face, I might struggle here. <laughs> start tip, tapping the microphone. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right, yeah, let's, let's do this. Let's okay. do it. Okay, so we'll start with Mark Flanagan, 2017. His number was number 13. Next one is Ryan Boyle, 2011. So was his number higher or lower than 13? Uh, 2013. Oh, sorry, 2011. Sorry, Ryan Ball. Number 13. He's I, I'll, I'll, I'll say I'll say Ryan was higher. Higher than 13? Yeah. That's correct. It was number 19, Ryan Boyle, in 2011. So the next player is Graviani, 2007. So was his number higher or lower than 19? Graviani. Trying to put him on the I'm just going to go with it. I'm just going to... Greg. Now, you see, the thing is, it, it could... Oh, God. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. It was. Greg. I'm going to say I'm going to say he was lower. Lower than 19. Lower than 19. Okay. So, Graviani's number, 2007, was... 15. So it was lower. Woo. So. Got sweats on it, yeah? <laughs> next number is Paul White, 2009. Was his number higher or lower than 15? Now, I don't think he played much in 2009, did he? 2008 was the championship mm. season, Division 2, mm. or whatever it was. And he was magic because he's got about 7,000 tries. But did he... You've got to switch your room. Don't forget. Paul White. What year was that, sorry? 2009. I hope listeners are screaming at I'm... the radio now. Because they know Parker. I'm going to say lower. His number in 2009 was number five. Yes. So for the win, Parker, Jake Bibby... 2016 was his number higher or lower than five? Higher, it's got to be higher, hasn't it? Surely, <laughs> got to be higher. Number 25, Parky takes the points. Paul, oh dear, is it like question of sport when I get another go at him next week? <laughs> yeah, literally a Christmas miracle! <laughs> Brilliant. So, I hope our listeners enjoyed that tense affair. First time you've both played off against mm. each other. 
which, which is really good. Yeah, enjoyed that. Have yeah. that. Extra bit of drama to the podcast. <sighs> Worn out now. Knackered. So, now we've had this bit of drama, let's talk about all the big news coming out of the club and the drama there. So we'll start with the big news that Salford City FC and Sales bid to buy the AJ Bell Stadium has been turned down, Parker. Thoughts? Yeah, I don't know. Judge by me by my face. It's I'd love to say it's clearly good news for us. It doesn't really say anything. It doesn't mean anything to us. We still nothing's been confirmed, but it's it edges us closer to safety in many ways, as in safely of staying at the stadium. I think I said last week that it's time that we settled down now, isn't it? Moving on wouldn't, wouldn't do us any favours. I was reading today about the council saying that nobody met their expectations or something about who was going to buy it. So I don't know what's happening with Seb. Seb Gerard there, whether he is going to be part of it. It's a tough one, really, isn't it? It's hard to know where we stand. The one good thing is that it hasn't been given to anybody else. We know that now, as in another sporting organisation. So it's hope. It's hopeful, isn't it? It's, it's a good sign, but we, we just we just need to, to sort of hang on now, and I don't think we'll learn anything until the new year. Yeah, all three clubs have put out statements. Paul, in the Salford City FC statement, they tell us that the council plan to buy the whole stadium, like. Paul said no comment from Seb Gerrard at the moment and in his involvement or not involvement in this. Uh, what's your thoughts on it? Um, well, regarding that, Mr Gerrard, I, I don't really know because I don't really know enough about him. I don't know him personally, so I don't know what his plans are. But my sort of take on it was it's it's not bad news. You know that does it, it really? It doesn't really affect us much at the moment. But it, it could, it's not like it could have been worse for us. Say the, the stadium we got sold to sale or whatever, then we become sort of their puppet, if you like, and we're playing to their tune, and aren't we a bit? Whereas now it's still sort of out in the open, and it looks like the count. I mean, from where I'm sat, I think the council want that stadium to remain as a benefit for the community. Uh, and we're a community club now and doing a lot of good things in the community you know with the teams that we've got and the involvement of people that we've got from our every walk of life you only got to look at the teams we've got now we're getting a wheelchair team disability team ladies team we've got it all there now so I think that for the council is looking better so it's, it's a good thing for me um but it could have been worse. We, we could have been saying oh blimey sale I've got the stadium now or, or whatever what, what are we going to do but it's not it's not bad news. So we'll have to just wait and see how it develops and see how it develops with that, that Mr Gerard, the Gerard's a Swinton guy, and just see if he can come in. But I don't know you know, a lot about the politics of what goes on. I, I, I don't, but I read the story the other day and I thought, well, as I've said it about four times now, it's not bad news. It, it seems like there's, there's a chink of light there, if you like, for want of a better word. I think me, Parkey, with the council, a bit of asset protection. Because obviously with the way that the world is at the moment and obviously a recession coming down the line, maybe early next year, um, it's important their assets are, are sort of kept and not sort of flogged at the earliest opportunity to raise some money. So I think for them to keep the stadium is, is an important thing moving forward for now. 
Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, I see, when they came out with the statement that they were basically buying the stadium, I was a little bit surprised at that. I don't know if that's come out right, because I can't imagine, I'm one of them, but I can't imagine too many people, council taxpayers of Salford, thinking that's a wise idea that the, the council pumping millions to keep to buy another half of the stadium, that that money could be used elsewhere. So... I don't really understand how it's come about like this, where there is more to it than, than we're being told, if you like. The one thing that we need is we, we need guarantees about our future and our, our place in that stadium and the fact that we, we need to be able to make money while we're there. We, we, I said it last week, we need to be able to get our own revenue from the stadium. There's no point us being tenants for Salford Council or being tenants for sale or Salford City, it wouldn't make a difference in that way if we can't make any money off it. It doesn't matter, really, as long as we can sort of control our own destiny. Um, I mean, it's obviously a step forward. The council, like you say, are looking after their own their own assets. I mean, it does. the stadium does, I believe, make money throughout the year. So the council do make revenue from it, which is great, as a, again, as a taxpayer, it's... But it was what we want, but it was built for Salford. It was built as a community stadium. And I think the council have kind of realised that and thought that's that's really what it's... If they sell that, that community aspect is completely gone. It's a private issue then between Alice Sale or Salford City or whoever owned it. It is it, the steps forward, aren't they? They are promising. And we can, we can only hope that some agreement can be made where obviously we'll still have to pay rent, but we maybe maybe it's not the dramatic rise that we were going to be expecting if somebody else had taken over the stadium. And then they let us have match day revenue through that. Um, so things are looking up a little bit. That's that's all we can say. Yeah. Positive statement from the club. Described the fact that they were in dialogue to try and secure the, the long-term tenure at the stadium. Paul, like Packy said, increasing the match day revenue will be important and keeping our club going long-term is, is a key to that. Yeah. I think... Very good holding statement. I think it, it calms everybody down because obviously we, we weren't sure what, what was going to happen when the bid for from sale and Salford City were, were rejected. Salford come in and, and calm the waters for me. So I think it's a good statement to make. So we yeah. just have to sit back and see what happens. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and just on that as well, I think it'd be nice if, if the public of Salford really got behind the club now. And we hear people saying, oh, we, we want the club. We, 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 the city won't be much without the club. But you've got to do something about it. You know, if you want a rugby league team in the city, you'll go and support them because it's not as if they like Mickey Mouse anymore. They've done well the last couple of seasons and played some really entertaining rugby. And if you want your team to be there, you know, get down there and watch them. And so that's what I'd be saying. Surely we can get crowds of five or 6,000 next season. It's doable. It's achievable. So I'm sure Paul King can agree. If we can do that, it just might take a bit of pressure off him as well. But just going back to football team, I mean, I'm I'm not an expert on football, but perhaps the owners of Salford City have, have looked at it and thought, is the legs in this? How long are they going to keep going ploughing money into that football club? Because they're not getting massive crowds where they are now. And I think perhaps they thought they were going to rise through the leagues a bit quicker and they haven't done. So perhaps the sort of momentum has fell away there a bit and that's why they, they're not itching to move to the AJ Bell. So for me, I mean... Personally, I, I heard a lot of stuff about that more lanes and oh, we can make it into a Willows and stuff like that. And I looked at that and I thought, yeah. And then when they, they, they decided about all this stuff, this IMG or whatever they call now, you look at it and you think, 
if we were to drop out the AJ Bell and go there, would that be us on a bit of a downward spiral? Really, would would the the, the Super League say, well, that more lane's not good enough really for Super League? Because they could do if it only holds five or six thousand. So that could be the end of us at the top table. And just when we start to make a bit of momentum and get into playoffs and you know get into grand finals and that, and we've got some quality players, we're getting a really good side, really exciting. We don't want the rug to be pulled from underneath us now, do you? So I know I'm waffling on a bit here, but I just sort of talk in riddles sometimes. But I'm just trying to make make sense of it, really. I thought it was quite positive, that story. And let, let's hope it, it works out for us. Yeah, Parker, you're our resident City FC fan. Your thoughts on what the club have said there? They did say they were still monitoring the situation and they think their future at the moment lies at the Peninsula Stadium. Yeah, I, I it's a tough one, really. I mean, I've not been to Salford City this year I, I, I went a couple of times last season I've kind of lapsed massively with it but I know last night they had a game was it last night the night before in, in, in one of the cup competitions and I think 700 and odd people turned up and 300 and something of them were, were away fans so I'm kind of wondering like Paul said there as sort of Gary Neville and the ownership of, of Salford City also looked at it and thought we don't you know the council may have said whoever's selling the stadium, this is this is what we want for it. And they've looked at it and thought, we're never going to make that money. That's going to be dead money. It's probably best if we if we don't and, and maybe withdrew the bid or put in a lower bid than the council would have accepted anyway and, and to, uh, sort of just keep to their own. And maybe, you know, in the future, I mean, I always Salford City all the best. I want Salford City to do as well as as anyone but I think it's going to have to be small steps for him and I think moving to the AJ Bell already we struggle we're 150 years of professional sport um, and we struggle at times to get 4,000 in there Salford City's average gate is he's bought two and a half maximum uh, something like that I don't think it worked for him at the moment so I wish them well and, and hopefully one day we, we you know, ourselves and Swinton could all play there and then make it a proper community stadium for the, for the city. But as it stands, that doesn't look likely now. And Salford City may look in, in a different direction. And like Paul said, maybe they might cool on the idea. And you don't know, maybe they, they're, they're sort of, their play thing could be over. But we'll see. We, we don't know. Anything could happen. We could all end up there. We could end up with five or six teams playing there at the same time. It's, anything can happen at the moment. But I think... I think for Salford City, it's wise that they stay put. They've got a ground. They don't owe anything. It's, it's theirs. And they make money every week. So, you know, why, why would you change that? Yeah. Sales statement was interesting. Paul, he still declared they still want to play at the AJ Bell. They want access to more match day revenue streams to help fund their club. They also spoke about the stadium being critical to their long-term strategy as a club. So... It wouldn't make much business sense to get rid of them because obviously they are a club that generates money. So just to have us in the stadium would be a step backward, in my opinion. But I think obviously both clubs would obviously need to have a better relationship because they always kind of say, I always sort of talk about the sale and so forth being like the Cold War. We're all kind of high fiving above the table, a lot going on below. Yeah. Uh, I've not got a right lot of time for sale to be. I, I don't really know a lot about them. I know a few people who watched Stockport said they muscled in on their stadium, bit Isley Park, and you no. Know, at the end of the day, that that stadium at Salford at Barton was was built for us. 
it was a Salford Community Stadium and Sale muscled in on that and yeah for one reason or another whatever but that was our stadium it's in our city Sale's not in, in our city is it it's geography apart and like you say, uh, I have nothing against them. So if they're going to stay there and play there and, and fund it, obviously it's, it's probably better for Salford. The, the more people that are playing there, the more it's going to be funded. We, we don't get 12,000 every week. So if we did, we could probably turf them out and, and have it to ourselves, but we can't. Uh, I suppose in an ideal world, like Parky said, I wouldn't have a problem with Swinton playing there. Whether they want to play there, I don't know. I don't think half of their supporters would want them to play there, to be honest, with the, the bitterness they have against us. But I think the more the stadium gets used... And the more money it makes, I think the better, really. Uh, just as, as for Salford City football, like I said there, I hope they do well. You know, good luck to them. But at the moment, it might just be a step too far for them at the moment because they, they're sort of in that league. Of, of, they're in, in the football league. It's a, it's a tough league to get out of that one that they're in. And you're probably tired a bit with your crowds and that probably don't get loads of away support as well. So they, they, they're struggling a bit. But we'll have to just see what happens. I mean, we've got Paul King and, and Bleasy and everybody else at our club who are looking after it, doing a great job. Uh, we're playing some good rugby on the pitch, as I said before. I just hopefully our crowds can rise next season. Look how many we took to that semi final. So, you know, <coughs> our first home league game will be a good marker, really, if we can get a, a decent crowd and, and start building it week on week. And uh, we can look after ourselves and worry about ourselves, really. I'm not too worried about, about Sale. I'm sure they can sort themselves out. Yeah, I think, Parky, I think Salford are in a real strong position, obviously. The management have, have took the club. You know, massively forward, and they are very good at nego- negotiating by the the results that they've got in the past, which which is great. Sale for me, I've I've nowhere to go because I live in Sale. They had a potential stadium behind TGI Fridays got got turned down. They've got land in Carrington, which just which is just land, and they've got to build on that if they want to if they want to build a stadium there. So it's AJ Bell or bust for me. Uh, Hayward Road's too small. Can't go back to to, to Stockport. Uh, so you've got options of Blackburn as far as that away. Bolton maybe, but obviously, will the Sale fans want to travel that far away from Sale? That's the big question for me, but it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in the next few months. Yeah, I think I think for Sale as well, I think, you know, the, the, the numbers coming out of Rugby Union at the moment regarding debt and everything, I, I think that's a, a big concern for them. Um, and they obviously see the stadium as a, a way of making money back. But for me, I think I think Sale have to stay. I think it, it, the flip side is that you know we play summer, they play winter. I know there's a little bit of crossover, uh, but it's got it's got to be a, an even working relationship between the two clubs. And I'd like to see the clubs work together because Sale, obviously, their marketing campaigns they get you know some big crowds in and that kind of thing. We could use their database. The two clubs. It'd be great if we could sort of combine each other's expertise and it could help going forward. But the other thing I was going to say, and Paul mentioned it there about, you know, Paul King and Ian Blees and, and that kind of thing. And the, the way the club is now, it feels stable. It feels like it's, a, you know, it's on a good footing. And I think that'll help. I think the council will look at that now and go, look, we don't think they're going to go bumping in the next six months, you know, which for the last 10 years could have happened at any point. We seem to have a... Uh, people running the club who know what what they're doing. You know, commercially we look like we're doing really. You know, not, not obviously not raking money in, but holding our head above water. The team on the pitch is is competing week in week out. So uh, yeah, I think we're in a strong position. I think Salford Council will see that, or any anyone who's coming in to buy the stadium and want us to stay there. Yeah, and I think it's important, obviously, in the new year when the 
we, we get around when the, officially the results are, are formed about whether the negotiations went well or not, that the club have a, another meeting like they did in, I think it was this time last year, was it, when they were talking about the options that were available? Because obviously the land has changed by the look of it. Now, the way the land lies now, Park, mm. so it's, it'll have to be... Obviously, they'll make a decision on what they think is best for the club, which which is which is fantastic. But it would be great to have a bit of dialogue and, and to find <coughs> out sort of what what's changed to make them think staying at the AJL for the next ten years uh, is 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 different to it was twelve months ago when we were staying there for two years and going bust. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of that was the rent, wasn't it? Hmm. The fact that if maybe Sale or somebody else had to come in, our rent was probably going to double. Now we we know it's. it's fairly well documented that we struggled to make the, the payments we're supposed to make in the last few years but I think we do you know we are sort of pay, paying what we owe sort of thing but uh, um, if, if that rent went up and doubled or whatever we, we just can't afford that now this this would flip it hopefully sort of on its head and, and we could have some control over the stadium over the money we can make and we can negotiate with whoever it's going to be, the council, about paying the rent, about what rent, you know, is achievable. Because flip side is, if Sale decide, well, we don't want it now, we're moving out, Salford City don't move in, uh, and we can't afford the rent, that's a big white elephant standing there doing nothing. The council do not want that stadium enter. So I think we're in a good position. Like I say, I think because of the way we run as well, I think that'll help us. I just hope that the new year brings us some some really good news and we, you know, we get, we can get some benefit at last after 11 years from being at that stadium. Mm. And once we can start getting money back out of it, that can go back into the squad and into the facilities. And like Paul said before, again, all these community teams we've got, it takes funding. It's got to come from somewhere. So and then hopefully we can have a massive marketing campaign and more bums on seats and it, you know, it all goes round. Final thoughts on this, Paul? Uh, I think the way the club's been run last few years uh, and the rugby league that we've played, uh, distance that we've travelled as a club as well, things we've done on and off the field, the club and the the city deserves support. It deserves more support than what it gets. That team now deserves a crowd, deserves that stadium to be jam-packed. I'm not saying get 12,000 every week, but we deserve more than what we're getting. So I just hope the public of Salford and the people you went to that semi-final, come back for next season and, and they get behind them because the potential at the club is massive. You look at the Brody Croft situation. If we can tie players like that down now and attract players to the club and keep players like that, we can compete with anybody. We can compete with St. Helens and Leeds and, and Blooming Wigan and that. We showed that last season. We was 80 minutes away from a grand final and we're doing that on a shoestring budget. So just give us a bit more... We won't be worrying about the stadium because we'll be packing it out. So if people can come and watch us, I don't think there'll be a problem. I think the way the club's being run at the moment is superb. It's an exciting time to be a supporter. We're going into a season now thinking, blimey, yeah, we, we could be. We could be top four. So who knows? We could end up getting relegated like we did in 2007. <laughs> but but no, it's, it's I'm certainly a lot more optimistic <clears> than I was sort of three or four or five years ago. I mean, like you said there, 12 months in sport, in business is a long time. I think 12 months ago, we was worrying, weren't we, about is this going to be our last season at the AJ Bell or are we going to get farmed out to Moor Lane? And it was going into the abyss. We didn't know what was going to go on. So 12 months later, it looks a lot more optimistic. And I think that's how, how things are now. Things just, just change and let's hope that it is is positive for us. So I, like I said, I, I feel quite optimistic now, lads.
Yeah. So let's move on to other news, Parker. Our ladies will take part in the Challenge Cup next season. Basically, four groups of four starting on the 23rd of April, then quarterfinal, semifinal, and the, the final at Wembley. Exciting times for the ladies in the club. Yeah, I missed that. I didn't, I didn't, I've not seen that. I didn't, wasn't aware. That's, that's announced by the RFL. Right, that's brilliant. Yeah, obviously, the Challenge Cup means a lot to everybody, doesn't it? But I think I mentioned last week as well, we've said it a few times, I think Salford fans have this, I don't know, an obsession with it because we've not been there for so long. It'd be great for either of our teams to make it that far. A long way to go for the ladies. They've got a big season ahead now with the uh, promotion and everything. But seeing the Challenge Cup, that's, that's fantastic. It'd be great to see them run out of Wembley, wouldn't it? Uh, wow. Well, we, we can dream. I mean... The only form 12 months ago. I think I'm probably jumping the gun a bit there. But no, you know, fantastic. I wasn't aware of that. So that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's good news. Yeah, in Super League 2 next season. Paul, obviously, a Challenge Cup will be a massive challenge for them. Obviously, playing sort of a higher level week in, week out. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, it will. It's going to be a tough test, but this is the test that <coughs> excuse me that they wanted to test that everybody wants in sport, isn't it? You know, to bet yourselves and, and, and go. But I'm sure they they're so excited now about the season coming up, and and yeah, to be involved in probably for me and I, I know Parky feels the same about, about this the the most prestigious cup competition in the world, in the Challenge Cup. So so that that's really exciting. And by the way, the men's team. 16 to 1 to win the Challenge Cup. So, I mean, I was going to have my, my usual five and what I normally have, but 16 to 1, I'm not going to bother. We're normally about 50 to 1, so they must be getting worried now, the bookies. Make sure you bet responsibly, Parker, and everyone else listening. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's great. Obviously, you know, super excited for, for the ladies. They've done so much, Parker. Obviously, last season, yeah. you know, yeah. it was a fantastic year, and hopefully, they can kick on. Yeah, very much so. It's it'd be interesting to see. You know, we don't know anything about you know the squad for next year or anything like that. Who's staying? Who's going? It's kind of a obviously it's, it's, it's a different level, obviously, to what we're dealing with in the men's team. You can, you know, as soon as a player gets the flu, you hear about it, don't you? But most of the squad stay together. They had a great year, and they seem to it's that bond that they all had together that that really kind of excited. We saw them on Twitter and things like that, and the, the you know the, the sort of the banter and stuff as well. It was a real feel-good factor last year with them. It's a big year, so who knows? Go for a League and Cup double this year. <laughs> That's it, Paul. Put money on that. <laughs> Might be safer. Might be safer, that, lads. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Let's move on now. Final bit of news. First partnership with Ghana continues. The link up has <laughs> been a success with, obviously, us sending equipment over to them last year, and they're happy to help the partnership grow. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that was a good news story last season, wasn't it? So, uh, the more partnerships and link-ups we can get, I think I said this before, too, is, is it grows the brand of the club, doesn't it? I'm not saying we're going to be like Manchester United, Real Madrid or somebody like that, but it all helps, doesn't it? All the sort of things we're doing off the field in the community and spreading our name of, of, of Salford Rugby League Club, is, I think, and it gets us in the, in the news. It, it, it keeps positive things about the club, positive news stories, which is better than what we've had previously, where we're going bust. We've had points deductions. We've had this, that, and the other. I think the way things are going now, it's all good. Yeah, between the two, Parker, they're going to form a Red Devils Tag Rugby Academy for people in Ghana who obviously getting into a league and are able to develop the skills there I mean it's, it's growing massively it really is uh, I was I just noticed today funnily enough that they 
he put out some sort of, I think it was a new world rankings or whatever, and, and Ghana had moved up considerably. But also, I think Nigeria, Cameroon, these African nations, and we've got this tie-in with, with Ghana. And, and hopefully, the way I see it is, obviously, we're, we're helping at the moment to get it off the ground, to get the, get the country and the, and the domestic game going over there, is that we'll reap the benefits when these players come through, these, these athletes, they, you know, We've just seen the, the the football World Cup and how far the African nations have come on in football. They're a real threat now. It's, it's and that's where it can be in rugby league. And with what we're doing, we're opening up the world and and hopefully bringing in players from all over. Like you say, we've got connections in America, obviously Australia, as we mentioned last week in Serbia and and Ghana. And it's, it's more strings to the bow. The better because every now and then one gem will come through. A player will come through and we, we could be first in line to take that player, give them a trial and, and, and who knows. And that's the way I see it. I think at the moment, it seems like it might be a bit, I don't know what we talk to people, it's a bit one way perhaps that it's us, you know, helping everybody else. But but I think in you've got to look at the long term of it and, and IMG will do this. They'll look at the connections and, and what, where's Salford going, what we're looking for and five ten years down the line who, who knows the benefits we could get from this yeah there is some talk of uh, in the statement about players from Ghana taking part in the Rising Star programme I'm not sure whether it's we're starting a Rising Star campaign in Ghana or whether we're going to bring someone from Ghana into our mm-hmm. Rising Star campaign because that would be That'd be an amazing opportunity for someone in Ghana to be able to come over and train it in a Super League's Rising Star, Paul. Yeah, it certainly would. It certainly would. But if you if you're good enough and you, we get you over here and and that happens, what an amazing story that would be, and, and what an amazing opportunity. And put again puts the club in a, in a fantastic light. We're going to be leading the way, aren't we? So uh, I think it's, it's it's really really positive for for Salford and for for rugby league in Ghana as well. Yeah, talk about opportunities, parking, there's opportunities for Ghanaian coaches to come over and help coach first team, reserve team, ladies team to gain experience and new training techniques to go back to Ghana and improve their players too. Yeah, definitely. I think that's that'll be the key. It was interesting, obviously, you know, we mentioned Red Star last week again and, you know, and, and the, the mention there was that it, it's the coaching, I think, that's going to be the, the key to it all. To, to bringing players on to because every player from every every country's got the ability but you know there's so much out there it's how we bring it out and it's how we we promote get these players to a certain level and I think if, if their coaches can come over here and work with Paul Rowley and, and Kurt Haggerter you know and, and, and Christian Inu as well now work alongside these people to pick up tips just to learn a few bits and then even, even with the development side of it you know the, the guys in, who are looking after the other squads to take that back home to their country and and pass that on, that's going to help massively. And I think that's where we can step in. So, yeah, it'd be nice to get them over here, get a couple of players over here and coaches and try and help them out. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to see what, what happens with the Ghana partnership and how it grows and how Ghana Rugby League develops and also... Uh, us as well be fantastic that so before we end this uh, this festive podcast we're going to finish with a with a game i've named that bench we've got two competitors so we're going to have two separate um teams so i'm going to pick your years because i know you both love the 90s there's only so many games in the 90s we can go so i'm going to test your minds 
Okay. Okay. So, Parky, you're going first because Paul went first okay. in the last game. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I'm going to go Super League 2009. We played Warren and won 18 points to 16 at the Willows. 6,150 in attendance. The east of that. Friday the 10th of April it was. Good Friday, right? Yeah. So, Salford's team that day was Johnny Wilshire, Stephen Ratchford, Stuart Littler, Jordan Turner, uh, Dean McGilvery, uh, Jeremy Smith, Richie Myler, Ray Cashmere, Malcolm Alcott, Craig Stapleton, Luke Adamson, Rob Parker and Luke Swain. Who was on Salford's bench that day? I'm gonna I'm gonna give you two lives like last yeah. time. I'm gonna start with just because I'm thinking of that era, I'm gonna mm. start with Phil Lulawai. Phil Lulawai was on the bench, correct. That's one point for you. Okay. Two thousand nine. Did you just park it this way? Am I guessing? Oh. No, you get a separate one. Oh right, okay. Two thousand nine. Okay. Oh. Uh sorry, Jeremy Smith. Not one of the players mentioned earlier. I think would he have been there then? Would he on the bench? Well, it leads away on a Monday, didn't we? 2009. So you got uh, basically went three forwards, one back. Yeah, was 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 um, was Haggy on the bench? Can I thank it, sir? No, no, I wasn't. Oh, so 2000 2009. So. Wow. Final life. You've got, uh, you've got a clue. Yeah, yeah, go on. Give us one of them a pundit. Now. From New Zealand. Yeah. One of them uh, played for us, played for Castleford. And one of them played for us and Warrington. I'll say Ryan Boyle. Wrong. Oh, God. So there's you. You've got one, Parker. Just to tell you what the other people on the bench was, Lee Jewett. Oh, I want to go to that. Oh. Ian Sibbett and oh. Robbie Hunter-Paul. Oh, oh, Robbie Paul. As Who, was who's on? Sorry? Robbie Paul. Uh, I was going to say Sibbett, but I, didn't, I wouldn't have got the others. So you got one. So you got one to beat. Paul, how's your, how's your nerves? I was thinking about I thought I couldn't get the other two I knew Robbie Paul was one of them because he scored at Leeds on the bank holiday Monday didn't he we won at Leeds didn't we mm. and I think he scored no, a try I, I honestly don't even remember it I don't remember the game at all I remember that yeah I remember that Easter because we won twice we beat Warrington and Leeds didn't we but I could only get Robbie Paul I wouldn't have got oh, a Sibbert yeah. I wouldn't have got a Sibbert I, I forgot about Sibbert to be honest with you because didn't, didn't he and Sibbert play for Warrington Come to Salford and then go back to Warrington. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. He did a lot of travelling mm. about, didn't he? Disappointing. Mm. Mm. So, we're going to go 2014. All these Salford. years blend into one. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we left the Willows. Salford played Catalan Dragons 15th of August 2014 at the AJ Bell. Salford's team, that's, Salford won 34-22. Uh, Salford's team that day was Kevin Lock at fullback, Greg Johnson, Junior South, Mason Caton Brown, Naya Levels, Rangi Chase, Theo Farge, Adrian Marley, Tommy Lee, Lamitazzi, 
Harrison Hansen, Matty Ashurst and Jordan Warren. Who was on Salford's bench that day? 2014. Mm. He went three, say three forwards. He have a hooker on, on the bench? Did he have a hooker on the bench? Uh, yes. Gaz Owen, so, was it? Was it Gaz Owen? No. So there's, you lost that one. That's one life gone. One to beat. Trying to, try to think of 2014. Ooh, who's playing do, you a, do you want a clue? Has one of them come back to Salford this season? No. No. I was going to say one of them. Come back, aren't they? Uh, do you want a clue? Yeah, go on. Okay. So, one had a fallen out with Marwan. One oh. came came back as a fireman. One has a famous brother, I think, in Australia. And the other one was came through our academy, I think. Steve Rapira. Steve Rapira is one. Uh, Puller to you. Tony Puller to you for the win. Who's your, and there's two more. Yeah. Um, 2014. So the ones you've got. Wasn't that Scott Taylor, was it? No, wasn't Scott Taylor. The two you're missing were. McPherson. Shannon McPherson. No. Nope. See you there, then. <laughs> Jason Walton. Right, yeah. And Logan Tompkins. Tompkins. I never would have got. To, I forgot about Tompkins. He was there a while, Tompkins, wasn't he? When you think about it, he never for years, wasn't he? <laughs> Yeah. So, we're doing a tie break now, aren't we? Because you both won a game. Ah, damn, them subs benches. So, just let me grab the old Bible. The yellow Bible? Bible. That's the one. Oh, here we go. So, let me try and find a fixture. Mm, well, well, yellow, it goes up to 1991. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You're both really good. Yeah. Right, so, uh, let's have a look. Famous people. Colin Dixon mm-hmm. played for Salford. Mm-hmm. How many times? Wow. That's a good question, isn't it? Should know that, should I? I should. I should know that. So he signed in 67, did I? Was it 67, 68? Uh, 68. 68. And he was still playing for us, what? Late 70s, early 80s? Yeah. Eight, uh, eight, Moved to in December 1968 in a £15,000 package deal, which also included the transfer of winger Mike Keller to Halifax. I'll, I'll go with 390. 390. Okay. It's a lot of games, isn't it? So, Paul, what's your thought process on this? I think he played over 400. Probably did. That's where I was going, but... I think he played a similar to Kuhlman, didn't he? When he Kuhlman signed 68, I think, and he stayed till 83. So I think he might have played more. Mind you, they both, they both never got injured, really. They played every week, didn't they, really? Mm. I'm going to go about 460, Dixon. 460, right. So the winner... My calculations are right. Parker. Nearer. Is it? Yeah. 409 appearances. Come on, Dixon. Uh, 
Right, okay, yeah. That's that. I'll settle for that. Yep. So, um, so Parky wins the first Christmas face-off. How do you feel? Hold on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, top of the world. Yeah, it's just, just made me Christmas, that. That's, uh, that's it. No, oh, you know, a bit of fun, isn't it? All right. Quite quite surprised. That, like Paul said, them guess the benches are, are virtually impossible. <laughs> yeah, because, we. I mean, the, the thing is, we generally know your set team from each year or, you know, the VR player moved about. But when it comes to the bench, I mean, we have had some dross. We really <laughs> have. People who you would, you would rather forget than actually, you know, you remember them, you'd be embarrassed. Uh, but, you know, so you get them, you're thinking, well, what was that that year or that year? Because we had him on loan. Do you remember him? And he, he, But it's, uh, it is tough to do. But, uh, no, good fun. Good fun here. Enjoyed it. Before we go, I just want to say Merry Christmas to our listeners. Big thanks for, for listening to us all, all this year. And, and we've, we've now achieved record listening figures over 130,000 listens this year, which is fantastic. Uh, so we, we can't do that without you. I think Parky fainted there. Parky, is that right? And fell over then. Sure. He fell off your ladder there. Huh? <laughs> fell off his ladder. <laughs> Climbing into his yeah. down the chimney. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, I can't thank you enough for that. Uh, for tuning in every week, listening to, to us talk so for Red Devils. It's amazing. I want to thank you two guys for, for coming on every week and, and giving our listeners great content every week. I want to thank <coughs> everyone at the club who, who comes on and, and gives us great chats. You know, it's been a real pleasure this year, sort of engaging with you and, and allowing us access for great content. So I'm um, sort of wish you all a, a Merry Christmas. For, for joining us, Park. Anything you want to add? No, just want to say, you know, Merry Christmas to everybody. Hope you all have a fantastic time. Stay safe, but enjoy yourselves. All the best to, you know, to every Salford fan out there and, and anyone else who listens in rugby league world. You know, thanks for tuning in. Have a great time, and I can't wait to see you all in the new year. Yeah, and we'll leave a final word to everyone's favourite on that side. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas to you too as well. Take care of yourselves and, that, and uh, everybody who listens and that. Enjoy yourselves and look forward to doing it all again in, in 2023. Can't wait. So, yeah, roll on the friendly games and that. So, looking forward to it. Big thanks for, for joining us on, on the Devil in the Detail podcast. Don't forget, you can donate, buy me, Parkett and Paula coffee for Christmas. Helps us subsidise the podcast with the programmes and the equipment and helps us create better content for you to enjoy. So big thanks for joining us on the Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITDSRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, Spotify and YouTube. Merry Christmas. And we'll see you soon for more Salford Red Devils chat.